Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Ah, welcome to the program. It's hour one on this Thursday. Gang's all here, including Fritzy, ready to go. Full speed ahead. We'll go out to the Combine coming up here in a little bit. Phone calls are always welcome. Operator Tyler is sitting by 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at uh, dpshow. Stat of the day brought to you, as always, by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show, where you will find the hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the all-time greats. Only one place to collect them all. It's Panini Trading Cards. Instant classic, uh, classics, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, starter continue collection out, PaniniAmerica.net. We'll have a uh, play of the day, poll question, and a few stats of the day as well coming up. Caleb Williams met with the media yesterday, the reporters at the Combine, and some pandering going on. He said all the right things. If the Bears happened to take him, oh, he wanted to go to a Cubs game. And he brought up Walter Payton's name. Oh, 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 smart move. Then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, local media in Chicago is lapping it up. Oh, my gosh, he wants to be <laughs> one of us until he doesn't want to be one of you. And Washington decides they want to trade up and get Caleb Williams. But said all the right things. And now you start to get some real hard evidence of how teams feel about some of these players. Certainly the quarterbacks, you'll have information that starts to leak out a little bit more because you're able to see these players now. A lot of the marquee players, the quarterbacks, aren't going to be throwing, performing. They're going to go in there for the medicals and uh, also the interviewing process. Uh, Seton, what's the poll question we're going to start with? I'm happy to report, Dan, the T.O. Dubs uh, has been all over poll questions. Oh, where I've gotten several emails okay. from him about Tom? suggested poll questions for this show Thursday, February 29th. Okay, it is leap year. Yeah, Every leap year, he really brings it. <laughs> every four years. That's fine. What's yeah. every four years? Leap? It'll be the last one for our time together, I guess. Leap year. Okay. This is, this is where you, you do it. Oh, this, you, where I tell this you. is where you start saying yeah, you, you, How yeah. many teams should be included in the college football playoff? 12, 14, 16, 20 plus. Keep it at four, question mark? Well, there was a report yesterday that I think emanated from the Big Ten that they would like to expand. We haven't expanded to 12 yet, and they're trying to expand to 14. Uh, hold on for dear life here with what goes on in college athletics, certainly with basketball and uh, football. 
here you have the NCAA thinking about going to 96 teams for March Madness. Um, now you're having college football where we didn't get to 12 yet. There's, I guess there's no official contract. There's been conversation, but now they want to expand to 14 teams. Okay. Well, if your school was the 13th or 14th ranked team last year, you're probably like, I'm all in favor of this. More money for more teams, and that's what this is all about. All about money. For people who shouted from the rooftops about breaking contracts and what about bowl game traditions, nonsense. It's all about money. It's always been about money. Now it's front and center. Paying players, always been there. Now it's front and center. We found out that Caleb Williams was making probably $9 million going to USC. Like, you know, the price of talent is going up. And, uh, you know, these schools want to make more money. Conferences want to make more money. Paulie, you have more details in this proposed 14-team playoff. A little bit. More so that the fact that I think people thought it was a done deal. We're going to a 12-team playoffs basically in perpetuity for the next decade. Well, part of the deal was done. Like the TV side of the deal with ESPN and Fox and others was the done part. The structure and the signing off on it was still pending. They thought there would be a deal done before March, but according to some of these reports, in these rooms, ideas were being thrown out. Like, what else could we do here? A couple other, Notre Dame was involved. Other people were involved. Like, who who could be, they threw out ideas because the deal was not signed yet. Bill Hancock, who's running this, the college football playoff, says he has a deadline of March for the deal to be done. But since it wasn't done, they threw out other ideas like 14 team players. Well, it's not going to stop there. Won't stop at 12, won't stop at 14. Because everybody now realizes the amount of money that's at stake. And that's why I kept saying, you're going to leave a four-team playoff because everybody's going to realize how much money you could make. And that's why they tried to put this in the fast lane. You know, They tried to expedite this so they can move it up a couple of years. And uh, they came close to doing that. They want as much money as possible. And uh, ESPN and Fox are you know, culpable in this as well. That's what they want. Yes, Paul. Pete Thamel and Heather Dinich of ESPN have a source off the record who said this is the 14-team model that's being thrown out there. The SEC would have three automatic qualifiers. The Big Ten would have three automatic qualifiers. The ACC would get two. The Big 12 would get two. The group of five conferences would get one automatic qualifier. Three at-large spots. And then, listen to this, Notre Dame gets a spot if they're in the top 14. They're the only team mentioned by name. Okay. <laughs> That would be that's a possible breakdown of a fourteen team. All right, all right, sure. <laughs> I don't put anything out of the realm of possibility with college athletics anymore. I just don't. You know, if you're the NCAA, and this was told to me by a source, because he said, you know, why do you why are you surprised that uh, they may be going to ninety six teams? I said, well, like how much is too much? It's a glut. Like, we do like that there is a finite amount of teams that are going to make it, not everybody. And uh, I was told the NCAA can govern this. They don't govern college football. College football is really the SEC and the Big Ten. That's different. The NCAA is not governing that. They can make their money. They make their money off March Madness. And if you add... However many teams, you go from 68 to 96, that's more money for the NCAA. And he said, as you always say, it's about the money. That's what this is about. Bottom line, about the money. I said, okay, all right.
So the NCAA wants to go to 96 so the NCAA can make money, whereas the Big Ten and the SEC, if they go to 14, they're going to make more money for their conferences. And you get sort of that, hey, everybody else gets to play a little bit as well. We might get your school in there if they're good. And, of course, Notre Dame, Notre Dame will always, it's almost like they get an automatic berth. Notre Dame should be in the top 14 every single year, you would think. And then the SEC would get three, and then you have at-large berths. So could the SEC get like five teams in in a 14-team playoff or the Big Ten? I would love it if you capped it with something like that, where you said the Big Ten got three, the SEC got three, the ACC gets two, because you might get two schools out of the – or one out of the ACC that shouldn't be in the top, you know, 14. But if you're going to do it, uh, you're going to do that with the Big 12, okay, but cap it at that. So you do allow more schools in there. It's going to be the same schools. It just is, for the most part. Until NIL, you know, maybe takes a left turn here and somebody starts to, you know, get some kind of sugar daddy's going to spend a lot of money. And I keep waiting for that. Like a billionaire is going to say, you know, how about I, uh, I give you $100 million? That's my donation I'm going to give to the university. And uh, I want the football team to build a powerhouse. Like, it's not crazy to think that. I mean, look at, look at Liberty's football team. <laughs> they didn't have a football team. Then they have a football team. And they've been ranked in the top 25. And it seems like they started the football program yesterday. It can happen overnight. And that's what I wonder. Can you have somebody who is going to pony up money for the sole purpose of having a great football team? Warren Buffett, if he wanted to, big Nebraska fan, Warren Buffett could conceivably say, here's a slush fund. Do with it what you like, but before the end of my life, I want Nebraska to play for a national championship. One of the richest men in the world. If Jeff Bezos wanted to support, I don't know where he went to college. Princeton. Oh, well, he's not going to win a national championship. They there. should succeed, secede from the union and go on their own. Mm. But I think that you're going to have that one day, that you're just going to have people who outspend other schools. And uh, the SEC and the Big Ten, and maybe you get an outlier in there. And that could be kind of fun. All right. So, uh, oh, other poll questions, Todd? Uh, two more. One is, how do you feel about the NBA's L.A. teams right now? I believe the Lakers and Clippers will go far. I only believe in the Clippers. I only believe in the Lakers. I believe in neither (laughs) after the big fourth quarter comeback by LeBron and the purple and gold. Okay, we were just talking about this yesterday. Seton came in and said, you know, the Clippers are a good story. It's interesting. They're playing well, but they're always second fiddle to the Lakers. Lakers, Clippers last night. We're all of a sudden ready to go, all right, buying into the Clippers. And then all of a sudden they blow a uh, 21-point fourth quarter lead. And LeBron was unbelievable in the fourth quarter, outscoring the Clippers. But I have have two problems with this. The first three quarters, Clippers looked awesome. The Lakers didn't. So you, you, you can look at this both ways. How did the Lakers get down 21? And then if you're the Clippers, how did you allow the Lakers to come back from 21 down? As LeBron said recently, on any given night, we can beat the best team and we can be beaten by the worst team. That doesn't bode well come April, May, and if there is a possibility with June. And with the Clippers, 
It just feels like, you know, buyer beware. Buyer beware. And it feels like Lucy is holding the football, and Charlie Brown, he trusts her again. You promise you're not going to pull that? I won't, Charlie. And then Charlie ends up on his backside. Yes, Todd. And the other one was, if the Bears select Caleb Williams, which song is more likely to depict his career there? My Kind of Town, Chicago is, Frank Sinatra, or Paper Lace, The Night Chicago Died? Wow. Which Chicago song will depict the career of Caleb Williams in Chicago? Okay. All right. Paper Lace. The, the Night Chicago Died. Pretty big hit back in 1974. Yeah. I know you love when I uh, keep it uh, current. Yeah, that is real current. You gave me Sinatra, and you gave me 1974. Those are big hit songs about Chicago and the extremes of how positive or negative things could go with Caleb there. Paper Lace. Once again, My Kind of Town or The Night Chicago Died. What is the song about with The Night Chicago Died? Paper and Lace. I don't know Paper Lace that well. They're a British band. They have no ties to Chicago. Mm. Um, what do they Ch have against Chicago? Yeah. The Night Chicago Died is about a shootout between the Chicago police and gangsters tied to Al Capone. That was the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Mm. Okay. It's an upbeat topic. Yeah. <laughs> da -da 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 Night Chicago Died. It was a major story in Nottingham. So yeah. Huge. All right. So we'll go to the Combine coming up. Caleb Williams talked about the Bears, a little bit about the Commanders. He said all the right things, and that's good. Uh, we mentioned college football playoffs, bumping it up maybe to 14 teams. Caitlin Clark is now the all-time leading scorer in women's college basketball history. I love that uh, Lynette Woodard was acknowledged last night, and rightfully so, because she should have been viewed as the all-time leading scorer. You know, Kelsey Plum was listed as the all-time leading scorer, Lynette Woodard didn't even get that recognition when Kelsey uh, became the all-time leading scorer. So, uh, Caleb, uh, Caitlin Clark uh, surpasses Lynette, but uh, they gave Lynette her flowers. Next up for Caitlin Clark this weekend against Ohio State will be Pete Maravich's all-time scoring record. And I do like that when there is a record, a modern-day record, and we look back and we acknowledge who held the record before, it's a chance. Lynette Woodard has probably been celebrated more for her career than when she actually set the all-time record. Pete Maravich was always celebrated. Uh, Pete Maravich's name still comes up. You can go to YouTube and see Pete Maravich in college or in the NBA. I got to see him uh, twice in person, once in Cincinnati against Nate Archibald. It's one of the greatest performances by both of those guys that uh, – it made it so much fun. There was no defense, and it was Maravich against Nate Archibald, and uh, got to see Pete. Pete at his Pete Maravich-ish, uh, you know, NBA peak, uh, because he was great in college. I imagine you score so much, you you seem bored by scoring. Pete seemed bored when he got to the NBA. It just felt like I've done I've done this, and he always wanted to be a winner, and he never was. Uh, didn't get that opportunity. His LSU teams weren't great. They went to the NIT. And even when he went to the pros, you know, the Jazz weren't a great team. The Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks had a mass exodus. When Pete got there, a couple of the veterans said, we're not going to play with this kid. They went to the ABA. And I think Lou Hudson was the one veteran who stayed there with Pete. And uh, yeah, he went to the Celtics late in his career, but, uh, you know, and then died at the age of 40. Yes, Marv. Pete Maravich and Patrick Ewan, are those two guys that are first battle Hall of Famers that are probably 
more famous for their college careers? Yeah. Yeah, I would say Ewing's impact on college basketball, that Georgetown team, yes. I would think that's fair to say. I mean, Ewing was a great, would have been a Hall of Famer with his NBA career, and Pete would probably be a, a Hall of Famer. Uh, he was he was really good in the NBA, but it was different when he was in college. Nobody had seen something like that. But back then, you did have a lot of great scores. Rick Mountain was a great score. Calvin Murphy was a great score. Uh, Bo Lamar, uh, Freeman Williams. It was important to lead the nation in scoring. Now it's not. Like who led the nation in scoring last year or the year before? It's not that big a deal. But back then it was, and Pete's averaging 40, 44 a game. Yeah, Paul. And that's another comparison with Caitlin Clark and Pete Maravich. He was a phenom in college. She is. In WNBA, it may cool off a little bit. Like if you look at Pete Maravich, he, he had a season where he averaged 31 points a game and led the league in scoring. He was a six-time All-Star. He yeah. didn't have a terrible pro career. Just nothing could match, as you know, what he did in college. He was just he was a um, kind of a sideshow. He was somebody you went out and saw. You weren't going out to see the team. You were going out to see Pete. And I got there probably two and a half hours before the game started, and uh, Maravich came out in warm-ups and then put on a show in warm-ups. You know, like you have with Steph Curry, Pete was doing a lot of ball tricks and shooting and dunking. And, you know, and then Nate Archibald came out for the Royals, and he was wonderful as well. But uh, you know, those days of seeing somebody who is going to lead the nation in scoring and it's important, those are long gone because most of these players don't stay around for more than – if you're good enough to average 25 a game, you're probably not staying around. That's why Pete's all-time record – now, I know it was threatened recently – but in three years, nobody will touch that because nobody's going to... If you average 40 a game in college, you're not going to stay around for more than one year. And I don't know if any coach is going to say, go out there and take as many shots as you want because Pete's dad was his coach at LSU. But Caitlin Clark did it the way Caitlin Clark does. Let's get this out of the way quickly. And I think uh, she was up like 13 to nothing on Minnesota herself yeah. last night. And uh, you know, it's still it's amazing. It's like seeing um, a band, and it's their farewell tour. That's what it feels like with Kate, Caitlin Clark. Every every stop along the way, she sells out, and you got a lot of young, you know, children who are showing up, uh, little girls who are showing up. Everybody's got signs and jerseys. I mean, it's a thing. It is it is uh, quite an impact with uh, college. I should say just college basketball, not just women's college basketball. All right, we'll take a break. Go out to the Combine. Phone calls are welcome. 877-3DP-SHOW. Settle on our poll question today. We'll talk a little bit more about the Lakers' comeback win against the Clippers. Does it say more about the Lakers or the Clippers with that end result? We're back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. 
like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We know that quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you and your partner whenever you want. Two beds in one. Firmer or softer on each side, you decide. And it helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature as well, quiets their snoring, so you stay sleeping comfortably all night long. Sleep Number does everything. My Sleep Number setting is 75. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep. They provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. You will never need another bed. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. I mentioned having watched Pete Maravich in person in Cincinnati. The date was March 13, 1971. I just saw the box score. Maravich scored 44, and Nate Archibald scored 47. Cincinnati Royals beat the Atlanta Hawks. Still one of the best games I ever saw, and I loved it because there's absolutely no defense being played. The uh, Mercedes-Benz interview of the day is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, the uh, EV, owning a Mercedes-Benz EV isn't just extraordinary, it's extra easy. The vehicle's all electric, the feeling all Mercedes. The choice is all yours. Learn more at mbusa.com slash EQ. Matt Miller, ESPN NFL draft analyst. He will be all over ESPN shows. Leading up to the draft, his uh, top 50 prospects came out uh, this week on ESPN.com. Uh, Matt, thanks for joining us. Let me start with Caleb Williams. Uh, was it pandering yesterday to the Chicago media? Felt like Caleb said everything that a Chicago Bear fan would want to hear. 
I don't know if it was pandering or but maybe just him finally having his own voice, Dan, because I don't know how much you are on social media, probably a healthy amount compared to the rest of us. But social media for the last three months has been Caleb Williams wants private equity stakes in whichever teams draft him. Caleb Williams doesn't want to be a Chicago Bear. Every Everyone, seemingly, uh, even though no one would put their name on it, everyone had a voice for Caleb Williams, except for Caleb Williams. So I actually think he did a good job of coming out and saying, man, I don't care where I'm drafted. I'm not going to Eli Manning this. I'm not going to John Elway this. I respect the process that is the NFL draft. If it's the Chicago Bears, you know, I'll go to the home of Deep Dish Pizza and Michael Jordan. <laughs> and if it's not the Chicago Bears, like, I'll go to Washington, where I'm from. You know, I, I feel like he, he did approach it the right way. And, you know, I, I respect that he waited to get his voice out there until this moment because he could have been pushing back in November, December, January, February. Now we get to the combine and he says, all right, it's, it's business time. I'll, I'll finally put these rumors to rest. Okay, why did these rumors get circulated to begin with? I know I, it's every year though. Uh, I, it's every single year. You know, it was Joe Burrow doesn't want to play for the Cincinnati Bengals, and Joe never said anything about that. Uh, it's it feels like every year there's a top prospect that we expect is going to do an Eli Manning, even though no one's done that since 2004, and before that it was 1983. So you know we're, we've got about ten more years before we're on schedule for another prospect to say I don't want to go to to such and such team. But I think. I think it's a little bit of lazy, but also it is, it's engaging. It's, yeah. it's engaging for some of these accounts to get on X or Twitter or Instagram or TikTok and say, Caleb Williams doesn't want to be a bear. And as long as Caleb doesn't immediately push back on that, they've got days worth of engagement and, and that now equals money and a lot of attention. Was Caleb Williams a better prospect last year? I don't think so. Uh, you know what? Uh, maybe I'm an outlier here. I actually like that he battled some adversity this year because having watched him you know, come into the halftime of the Red River game and beat Texas. They come back to beat Texas. He's riding this high. You go to USC, you follow your coach like something out of any given Sunday, you know, Willie Beeman following Al Pacino to the new franchise, and they have this magical Heisman year. I like that he came back this year on a really bad USC team and had to, had to face some adversity for the first time as a college player. That actually helps me in my evaluation. I know it helps NFL teams as well because – you're not going to get drafted to a team that's going to be great. You're going to have to carry that team. There's going to be bumps and bruises. This season, I think, showed that he's capable of doing that. He is, at times, an emotional young man. He was 21 years old. I, I think that's you know to be expected. He saw his college dreams ending in some of those games that they expected to win. But he had to learn how to lose and how to learn how to carry a team and, and keep that culture intact despite a season with five losses. And I understand what he's saying yesterday. He doesn't need to commit to the Bears if the Bears aren't committing to him. And leaving open the pot, you don't want to say all these nice things about, hey, I want to be a Chicago Bear, and next thing you know, Washington's traded up to get him. What would the package be if Washington wants to go up, in your opinion? It's a, it's a lot, because you're paying a premium, because we all know that there's this one special player. So it's not your normal, let's swip, you know, switch two places like Chicago and San Francisco did a couple of years ago. I think it starts with a first round pick next year. So 2025 first round pick. I, if I were the Chicago Bears, I would do a lot like what I did last year with the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to ask for a 2025 first. I'm going to ask for a defensive tackle, Jonathan Allen, who has already said, I'm not here for another rebuild. The Bears have a massive need, a defensive tackle. And then I think you can say, all right, we want, we would like a third round pick in 2024 as well, because Ryan Poles has all the, once again, has all the leverage. He has all the control. He can say, no, we love Caleb Williams. We'll draft him right here. I think what might complicate matters is 
Jaden Daniels from LSU is a player that is really, really talented in his own right. So for Poles and the Bears, they might not have as much leverage as we think because Jaden Daniels isn't as much of a drop-off from Caleb Williams as we may have expected when this season started back in August. So now if you're Washington, you might even be able to argue, well, you know, we'll stay at two and take Jaden Daniels. So maybe you can you can each stand in your corner and, and fight it out a little bit to where you don't have to give up as much. But I think a premium player and a first-round pick is where you start. We're talking to Matt Miller, ESPN NFL draft analyst. Why are reviews on Drake Mave so varied? Yeah, I think beauty is an odd beholder. And if you look at Drake May, you see, oh my gosh, this is Josh Allen. This is Justin Herbert. He's six foot four. He's 230 pounds and he's mobile. Those are the things that get you really excited. I think what has happened, and, and I, I do this as well, we are largely one person scouting departments when you work in the media. So you're playing catch up a lot of the time. Once a guy declares for the draft, you, you start to play catch up and we have these pockets of time to do that. So for me personally, the more I've been able to watch Drake, the more some things bother me. You know, the processing speed is not always great. And I think that is one red flag with quarterbacks who've come out the past five, six years when they haven't had early success, it's processing speed. You know, we could say that about Justin Fields, who there are times Justin looks fantastic. There are other times you have no idea what's going on. And I think Drake May is really similar in that regard. Well, not being as fast as Justin, not as accomplished as a runner, but you see some of the deer in the headlights things at times, especially, you know, teams are sending free rushers at Drake May, and he he doesn't have an answer for that a lot of the time. So he's going to need a little more coaching and development than I I think he was billed as, especially after that great season last year, 2022. They struggled a little bit more this year with a new scheme. He lost Josh Downs until they got Tez Walker, who was, you know, late because of NCAA rules. That that offense just looked disjointed, and it definitely affected his game. Yeah, he didn't lift the team up. And that's, you know, he regressed a little bit. And that happens a lot because you you can have a great year and then you come back. You know, Matt Leiner did this. I mean, it, it, it's the uh, college football is littered with these quarterbacks who came back. Uh, and then sometimes you go, okay, they're not as good as they were. And as you mentioned, Caleb Williams kind of battled through adversities, so he showed you something. I just didn't see anything when I watched Drake May where I went, wow. And if I'm Washington, yeah. I'm, I'm not taking a chance. If I'm New England, I'm, I'm not taking a chance on that because I got a developmental guy instead of I got somebody who's going to play right away. I said this last night on SportsCenter, and I think everyone laughed at me. I would not take Drake May if I was New England Patriots. They do not have the infrastructure for a developmental quarterback, like you just said. You don't have a left tackle. You don't have a wide receiver. You, we don't even really know what this regime is going to look like right now. Everything is new. I don't think this is the year to draft a quarterback. And you hear the arguments, you may never be up here again. That that might be true. I've looked at that roster. I feel pretty good that they're going to be drafted early <laughs> again. I don't. I think we're we're comfortable in 2025, yeah. New England. You're going to be up there again. So I, I'm with you. I think you know Drake is someone where it would be ideal for him to go somewhere. I, I think where there's either much better infrastructure or where there's not going to be that immediate pressure. You know, he won't last to the Minnesota Vikings, but that would be such a great opportunity for him to sit by and Kirk Cousins for one year and then be ready to go. So maybe Minnesota comes up to get a player like that, but I think that's the ideal situation for him. Help me understand the fascination with J.J. McCarthy. Yeah, teams love the, you know, the spunkiness that's there, the toughness. It's all the things off the field, Dan. It's never, hey, let's watch the Alabama game together and we're going to watch him tear apart this defense. It's more of he's tough, he's smart, he's athletic. I, I think the weigh-in for him is actually going to be much more interesting than, than people have realized. He's 
probably not going to be six foot three. I think it might be a struggle to be 200 pounds. He's not a big guy. He does have a good arm. He does have good mobility, but it's a lot of the unknowns. And I'll never forget being told by a general manager pretty early in my career that we love people who haven't failed yet. You know, and so JJ McCarthy doesn't have that one bad game out there. There might be a game like Penn State where he didn't throw in the second half, but he doesn't have that bad game that you can kind of, like we're doing with Drake May, you know, hanging your hat on some of the struggles that he's had. JJ was really protected at Michigan. And so it is. It's a great unknown. Yeah. Uh, this guy was 26 and one in college, won a national championship, carried his team wasn't always asked to do a lot. So it is It is really a great mystery. Yeah, I don't know if he carried his team because they were a running team and a great defensive team. That yeah. That's really what carried them. That That's why, you know, I know previous year against Ohio State, he looked great, but I, it feels like Denver and Sean Payton are in love with J.J. McCarthy or a lot of these mocks, and I'm going, okay. Like, I don't see it, and he might be great. I just, I keep waiting to go, that's okay, now I got it. Now I understand it. And then there's Bo Nix. Like, Bo Nix was supposed to be something at Auburn. And then he ends up at Oregon and had an unbelievable year. Unbelievable season. I don't know what, you know, the draft experts and teams think about him. If, if you know, you're going, okay, is that an aberration here? Or is he building and, you know, adding to his arsenal here? Yeah, Bill Walsh used to have, I, I've read his book 40 times probably. It has this line that with quarterbacks, if he could see them do it, a couple times he knew he could coach them and get that consistently. That's what you're hoping with Bo Nix is that you have that that coach there that can say, we can get the last two years at Oregon out of you. And I, I do think he will be a starter rookie year. He, he played 61 games in college. He is arguably the most pro-ready quarterback in this draft. However, he doesn't have the arm strength of Drake May. He doesn't have the mobility of Jaden Daniels. He has good arm strength and he has good mobility. A, a lot of what they did at Oregon was deep shot or – play the sideline. And so what that's what I have to see, and that's why this week's important. I would like to see him throw on time over the middle. I would like to see him layer the ball, you know, into some pockets that are going to have to be there in the NFL, especially where you can't just play the hashes like they did in college at Oregon. So, you know, he is – it's a great story. You know, the struggles at Auburn where he was really, you know, tabbed as this next great thing. You go to Oregon and, and revitalize your career. You know, I, I'd like to give him credit for that, for sticking with it and for persevering and becoming a better player. But, you know, with McCarthy and Nick, Dan, this is where, like, rankings of how we actually watch guys and rank them versus where they are in mock drafts. You know, you can have J.J. in the 20s, Nick's in the 30s or 40s, but you're thinking they're going to get drafted somewhere in the teens because someone's going to fall in love with the intangible. Someone's going to fall in love with the fact that it's it's that or Aiden O'Connell. You know, it's that or Drew Locke. What do, you, what do you do at the quarterback position? So I think that's why we'll see those guys drafted a lot higher than where we actually rank them. And you think Bo Nix starts as a rookie? I do. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I don't want to say if he goes to the Vikings, he's not going to unseat Kirk Cousins. But, you know, like the Giants in the second round, they have two second-round picks. If he makes it to the Giants in round two, I think he fits what Brian Dable wants to do. Yeah, I think he could beat out Daniel Jones. I feel better about that. But, you know, some of this matters on situation. Yeah, he's uh, 24. The uh, receiving core, once again, feels like you got uh, at least two, maybe three plug-and-play high draft picks here. Uh, assess what we're going to see in the top 10, top 15. Yeah, I think we'll see three receivers in the top seven picks. Marvin Harrison Jr., Roma Dunze, Malik Neighbors. They, they could honestly, they could go four, five, six. They are that talented. They could fly off the board right after the quarterbacks do. Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU is right there in the mix as well. Not in, Maybe not in the top seven or eight, but he could be drafted in the early teens. 
Led the nation with 17 touchdown catches last year. He was Jaden Daniels' deep threat. He was the guy with the the speed running vertically. He's got great body control, great length to pull in some of those deep passes. But it, it does feel like every year we're saying historically deep wide receiver class, and here we are again. But I think this time it might actually be true. You know, a Marvin Harrison Jr. is a, a rare enough prospect that he doesn't have to work out at the combine and he doesn't have to have a pro day and he can still be a top three pick. He's he's that special as a player and. Neighbors in a Dunes—they were absolutely unstoppable the last two years, and they also, you know, have the resumes that uh, Malik Neighbors won't be running at the combine. Roma Dunes—they, as of now, will be, and he has a—you know—he's got a chance to do what C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson did last year, which is say, "All right, top guy's not working out. I'll do it. I'm not afraid to work out, and I'll make someone fall in love with me because I am the best player here who's actually performing." Any new combine jargon? Uh, oily hips, waist bender, <laughs> anything we need to be aware of? Not yet, but the workouts start this afternoon, so I will report back with what the new, the new hot phrase is. And and when are when do the hand measurements for quarterbacks come in? Just so I can you know break into coverage here on our program. Yeah, it should be tomorrow morning. Oh, I believe. I remember last gosh. year. Okay. Adam Schefter and I texting back and forth, waiting for the Bryce Young weigh in. So I think it's Friday around noon is when that should come out. <laughs> uh, have fun there, Matt. Always great to talk to you. Likewise. Thanks, guys. That's uh, Matt Miller. He's ESPN NFL draft expert, analyst, and his top 50 prospects list just came out this week on ESPN.com. I never, I've never gone to the Combine. I don't want to go to the Combine. No? <laughs> no. Just for the experience? No. No. I, I feel weird watching the Combine. I do. But you do watch it. You have it on in the background during the I, weekend. I have, it, I have it available. But a lot of it is I just want to hear names that maybe I'm not that familiar with. But still, it's, it's just kind of strange. You're watching guys in shorts and a T-shirt, and they're working out, and we're oohing and awing. Uh, nah, I'm okay. Yes, Paul. I was watching the Combine promos for NFL Network and other places, and guess who the player they're pubbing it with? Puka Nakua from, from the Rams are saying, oh, tune in the combine. Oh, Who's the next Puka Nakua? And it's actually him saying, tune in the combine. You may see the next me. Uh-huh. See, it's like Tom Brady is the six-round lead guy. Yeah. yeah. And now, who is it? Uh, who's the seventh? Mr. Irrelevant? Brock, Brock, Brock Purdy. Purdy. He will start every seventh round for the draft forever. Okay. Puka Nakua is the combine guy. Okay. But if you were going to do the second round third round, fourth round, fifth, sixth, seventh. Oh, steal from each round? Yeah, like there's one face for each one of those rounds. So we take out the first round. And if I say, oh, man, second round. Because you got Terrell Davis, like he was fifth round. Is that right? And then Tom was sixth round. Right. right we all know who's sixth. Of course. Yeah, of course. Match. Number of 199. Pick 199. And then you'll have Who? Russell Wilson Jr. the third is uh, he was a third round pick. Yeah. Yes, Marv. And Puka's fifth round. Oh, but is Puka? He's going to supplant Terrell Davis, Hall it's of Famer. It's going to take some time. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I wonder if you say, oh, when I think of the seventh round, we're always going to think of Brock Purdy now. How about Joe Montana round three? He gets round three. Okay. You think first ballot? Yeah. But I'm curious about that each yeah, round. That if you go, okay, that guy, second round, third round, fourth round. I'm just curious. 
Terrell, uh, Terrell was sixth round, uh, Marvin? Correct. Ooh. Mm. So he gets kicked to Unlucky. the curb. Unlucky. Sorry Unlucky. about that. You know, it's that's Tom's round. That is, that's uh, Tom's. You're taking the best running back from each round. Though, <laughs> All right, let me take a break. Our play of the day is up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody. Game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh my God! The play, the play, is play. of the day. Player left, let go of it. Gonna play it and play it. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Out near the timeline, the Clipper logo down by five. LeBron, four and a half to play. Let's fly again. He's got it. Unreal. He's putting on a show tonight. Spectrum Sportsnet with the call. The Lakers' biggest fourth-quarter comeback since being down 23 in a game to beat the Grizzlies in 2003. LeBron had 19 of his 34 in the fourth, including five three-pointers. That's your play of the day. Play of the day brought to you by Express Employment Professionals. Help hire your next pro. Forget about posting jobs, sifting through resumes, and interviews with unqualified applicants. Move up to the pros. Go to ExpressPros.com. Find the location nearest you. That's ExpressPros.com. Here's LeBron James postgame talking about his big fourth quarter. Um, I know we, we've kind of heard this, you know, what, what it feels like to be in the zone, you know, in our, in our sport. And um, that's just a feeling. 
when you feel like everything that you put up is is, is going in, and you know, with the you know, for me, I just kept it, I kept it consistent. I wasn't taking LOI shots. Um, I stayed in the course of the offense um, when I was able to get the switches. Um, so. You know, it's just a zone that you just can't really describe it. You, you wish you could stay in it forever, but obviously it checks out, you know, as the game ends. But, you know, during it, you don't, you don't feel anything. You just, just have a superpower, I feel. Yeah, it's called getting blue. I did a story on this at ESPN back in the mid-90s and uh, talked to people who talked about athletes when they get in the zone and they call it getting blue, where you don't know how you got in, how long you can stay, and why you got out of it. But you have these moments where you're getting blue. You're in the zone. And LeBron was that last night. I don't know if he can be really happy that he needed to do that and hit all those threes in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's nice you came back from 21 down. How did you get 21 down? Because you can't rely on LeBron hitting five threes in a fourth quarter. At least you shouldn't. And you got six more weeks where you're trying to figure out the roster here. But uh, the Lakers pick up the win, rallying from 21 down. And here we go with the Clippers again. I know it's one game. I've, I've already read people on social media. And it's only one game. I know. But every time we get ready to christen the Clippers, like, maybe, maybe. This is the year. And, uh, you know, I was critical of them when I said Russell Westbrook should not be starting. He should be coming off the bench. Coming off the bench, they're a better team. Harden wants to play for that next contract. Kawhi, who knows? I mean, Kawhi is Kawhi. Uh, But you're still, you know, Paul George, like, they have the nucleus here. Like, that's a dangerous seven-game series team where you go, Boy, if they get it right uh, four games, they could knock anybody out. It's just, can they get it right? And there is, you know, can there be consistency there? Yes, Marvin. We should blame Chris Mannix for this because he was talking them up something crazy yesterday. He said Kawhi should be an MVP candidate. Yeah, I know. I know. They played great the first three quarters. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. We watched it yesterday unfold. Mannix, it was the kiss of death. As soon as Mannix signed off on him, I go, oh, that's not good. It never works out for Mannix. Hurt their odds. Yes, it never, it never, ever. You go, man, remember Mannix said that? It's like, as soon as he said it, we're like, oh, they're, they're doomed. Yeah, Paul. It feels sometimes like the Clippers play bigger or bigger nationally than they might locally because I think they're a, one of those stories, not exactly like the Cubs or the Detroit Lions, but they've been such a frustrated franchise for, since birth. What, did they make one Western Conference final? Yeah, but I don't think we root for them like I, we do the Lions or the Cubs. No, I would say, but they're kind of that next tier for me. I think it'd be a great story to see the Clippers. Yeah, but I don't think that James Harden is a rootable guy. No, not the Kawhi. Cur- I think their franchise history is rootable for, not their, maybe their, yeah. necessarily the roster. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I don't, I don't find that team, maybe Paul George is rootable, you know, broke his leg and you know, came from Oklahoma City to the Clippers, but... I, I don't know if you go, oh boy, I love that underdog story. Yes, Marv. And if you're someone of a certain age, say if you're 24, the Clippers have always been pretty good. Now, I'm almost 40. The Clippers were awful. I didn't even know L.A. had a second sports team until I was maybe 11. <laughs> and so if you're 20, you're like, all right, they're good, but they can never get over the hump. They always lose 3-1 leads and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm not sure if they're lovable losers. Like the Lions just got good yesterday. Yeah, I, I think the Clippers have always lingered. Uh, sometimes lingering in a positive way, sometimes lingering like, what are you still doing here? Uh, this feels like this is a team, though, that 
can be one of the best teams in the West. I just still trying to figure out the landscape here. Like, are the Timberwolves going to be there at the end? Are they real? Denver's going to be there. Denver will be there. But who else is going to be able to go toe-to-toe in the West? One hour in the books, two more to go. Fritzy, Seaton, Marv, Pauly, and yours truly. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on.